Hey guys, welcome back to Handling It. I'm your host, Catherine, and as you know, I thought I had my life all figured out, and then I realized I actually didn't. But I'm handling it. And one of the best ways I've learned how to do that is to talk with others about how they're handling their own lives. Well, happy Wednesday, everybody. I feel like it's safe to say that everyone's schedules are changing again with summer now at its end. Kids are back in school, some offices have reopened, and depending on where you're located, fall leaves have already begun changing their colors. And today's guest is definitely getting back into the swing of things herself, and I am so beyond happy to have her on to chat about it. Joining us today is the inspiring and incredibly accomplished Grammy award-winning singer-songwriter, Alessia Cara. Many of you may know Alessia from her hit songs like Here, Scars to Your Beautiful, Stay, and How Far I'll Go, which was the official song for Disney's hit film, Moana. Alessia was also the first Canadian to win the Grammy for Best New Artist. And now she has a new album titled In the Meantime, which is coming out this Friday. Alessia and I chatted last month about everything leading up to In the Meantime and her two new singles off of the album, Shapeshifter and Sweet Dream, which are out and available to listen to now. I have always been such a fan of Alessia, not just because of the amazing music she creates, but she's someone that I feel like in the music industry wears her heart on her sleeve. She really inspires and motivates others to be individualistic, authentic, and to go to the beat of their own drum. I just think she's such an amazing role model for young girls today, and that is why I am so excited to have her on. I am very ready to kick off this conversation, so you know what to do. Turn up the volume, get comfortable, and I hope you enjoy. All right, so Alessia Cara, I am so excited to have you on to chat about all this new music you've been working on. Um, but before we get into that, how not only how have you been, how's your summer, how has the past year been? Because I know it's been crazy for everybody. Yeah, it's been pretty pretty wild. I think things are finally starting to um, look up, I guess, you know, in the last couple months. Um, I think we're no way out of the woods, but um, I mean, it's nowhere near what it was like last year. I think we were all in the same boat of just feeling totally scared and panicked and confused. Um, but I think finally, you know, work is starting back up for me in the last couple of months. So I've been just super busy and it's just nice to get some sense of normalcy back. Mm-hmm. Well, and I heard you got a new dog too, which I was really excited to hear about your new dog as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she is the best. Her name's Cleo. Um, and yeah, we got her a year ago now. And like, she's just my best friend. She's like the coolest. It's just the best thing in the world to have a dog. Um, I, I now understand every dog parent in the world. <laughs> yeah, I feel like for, you know, obviously the pandemic was so terrible in so many ways but I think what people found the best medicine in is like adopting and getting pets and so many dogs I I love everybody who's gotten dogs during this I think it's great oh my gosh yeah I know I was one of the one of those people but yeah it's it's honestly been such a lifesaver um and just it just adds so much joy to your life and it's just nice to have something to take care of outside of yourself 
that loves you unconditionally, um, that teaches you how to love unconditionally. It's it's a lot deeper than um, just like having a pet. You know, it's it's there's a real relationship there. Oh yeah. I have been wanting to get a dog. I'm about to start moving in the process of a move. So I know it's probably not the best time, but I'm hoping, hoping soon. Um, But, you know, in addition to all of that, you've had just such a crazy year with all this new music coming out. um, And I'm excited to chat about it. So I want to get into your background with music, though. um, And I'm going to throw a couple of your accomplishments out there. So you came onto the music scene in 2015 with your single here which on its first week on SoundCloud got half a million streams, which just boggles my mind. I mean, it's it's such a great song. So crazy how many listens. Um, and then in 2018, you won a Grammy for Best New Artist. And then since then, you've played a whole lot of sold out shows. You've dabbled in acting. You wrote and recorded songs for film and TV. You've been busy, to say the least. Um, did you have any idea that your passion, I guess, for music would take you to all of these places, right? And all of these accomplishments? Um, definitely not at all. I mean, I, I come from a rather small part of um, Toronto, Ontario called Brampton. It's you know not a very known city, um, you know, outside of the country or outside of the province anyway. So, you know, and I, the lifestyle that I was living before was very like school to home, school to home. I I grew up in a very traditional Italian family with not a lot of um, freedom, with not a lot of experience, um, you know, outside of my city, really. So I just didn't even like count it as a real option. I think I would like pretend that it was and like, you know, have my childhood dreams of pretending to perform or do like fake interviews and stuff. Just like I would dream it up, but I never actually could ever process that happening in in real life, you know, to the extent that it's happened. Um, Even now, it's very hard to wrap my my head around. Um, But yeah, I'm very lucky that it it has happened. Mm -hmm. Well, I think one of the things I really love, I personally really love about you as a performer and an artist, and I assume what, you know, many others probably do too, is that your sort of image or I guess your brand, right? You sort of built that on not really having one. You built that on more authenticity and vulnerability, which I think is so beautiful. Um, Why was that so important to you, uh, you know, stepping into the industry and and having you represented in that way? Um, Because I I think it was just, I don't know, because... When I first started, like, I remember having conversations with my manager about, you know, who I wanted to be as an artist and who I didn't want to be. And we would always say to each other, like, what if, wouldn't it be cool to just make it as yourself? Like, wouldn't that be awesome to just not have to be anyone other than you, you know, and like not have to hang up like someone else's hat when you go to bed and put the hat back on when you're at work? Like, wouldn't it just be great to make it? as yourself as who you are you know and it just it felt like such a foreign concept because and even now like even though like you said I don't have a brand like people just made that my brand I feel like when you're an artist in the public eye people like in order for people to compute you like they have to put you somewhere and I just I just didn't want to have to fake anything I didn't want to have to be tied to um, a certain place in my life because, you know, I, I had the knowledge of, of understanding that people change, you know, and I didn't want to be something. And then when you, when I would change, people would get mad about that. And, you know, I just wanted to be who I am in the moment. And I didn't want to have to like fake it all the time, you know, cause I, I've talked to other artists who, you know, have maybe, you know, have to 
look a certain way or feel the need to be something else. And they always talk about how tiring it is. And I'm like, I would never want to do that. Like, I just want to wear what I want and, and talk how I want and, and write about what I want to write about, you know, and not have to stay in a lane. I think for me, it was just about having control and staying sane because for me, the la the other thing would, would not make me feel very good. I don't know. I'm sure there, there are people who love it. There are people who love having that split and that divide. I remember even like watching an Ariana Grande interview and her saying like that she actually enjoys having the ponytail thing and the, the Ariana Grande thing because when she's not that, you know, there's that separation where she's able to feel safer. And I totally get that. But, you know, I'm not at that level where I, I need that. And I, I think I've just been lucky enough to have the career where I just have my own space and privacy and for me, I just feel more sane when I don't have to be anybody else, you know? Right. So, yeah. No, I love that. And I, I could imagine it's difficult with music in particular, you know, as opposed to maybe some other professions. Um, but when you're already split into genres, um, you're sort of already put in a box um, based on genre, right? Mm -hmm. And then within yeah. that, it's then you're boxed in terms of like how you're marketable whether you're cool, edgy, um, or, you know, preppy or glamorous, um, whatever it may be. And I could imagine it's um, not only intimidating, but it can be, I don't know, really exhausting at times. Totally. Yeah, it definitely can. And I feel like that just, that comes with being a woman in this industry, unfortunately. Um, you know, that's just the reality of it. I think women have to work constantly twice as hard to um, make a name for themselves and to, to stay relevant whatever that means um because you know we live in an where we work in an industry that makes women feel very disposable you know and and very interchangeable um you know and you you, you see that double standard you see so many men that are you know in the same lane making the same kind of music that don't need to have any different quality or any box that they're put into but then you know with women there can only be one queen of rap there can only be one emotional vulnerable girl it can only be one pop diva like why like let us just be ourselves you know like why do we have to constantly be extraordinary why can't we just do what we feel in the moment and change how we want to change where we want to wear be who we want to be um yeah there's just this constant need to to have women fight for a spot and to prove ourselves. And it's very, it's very frustrating. And it is tiring. It is exhausting because like people are, are the same. We go through the same thing. Like why can only one person take up a, a certain lane? Like, you know, artists are artists because we're music lovers, you know? And if we love specific things about music, we can't, we can only do one thing, you know, just be for women or because there can only be one, you know, it's such a competitive industry that, you know, I'm not very, I'm not very fond of that aspect of what we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I even heard, you know, friends say with certain male artists, they can go on stage in a t-shirt and jeans and, you know, everybody loves their music. It's so entertaining. And, you know, to your point, I think for female artists, like many women can't do that. Maybe they want to do it, but they can't because they have to be this entertaining, like, in you know 20 different outfits during a set and, and you know constantly be surprising people um and I, I hope i think i'm seeing that dialogue changing that conversation changing in the industry um and i love i've seen so many different documentaries recently like we talked on the podcast in the past about like pink's documentary that just came out and hearing her talk about the music industry from a women's perspective and 
you know, we're hearing that dialogue start and I think it's really great. And I, I hope to see the change soon, but. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah, even just the issues surrounding like women aging and like how that's not allowed, you know, or like having women feel like they need to constantly look like they're 25 um, because the idea of aging gracefully doesn't exist, you know, but then with men, it's like silver Fox. We love, we love men aging wisdom, you know, but with women, it's like, you get to a certain age, stop. Like you're not good anymore. Stop trying, you know, or, or it's just, it's just a very, it's just a huge double standard. But like you said, I feel like there are tons of amazing, like women who have been doing this for so many years that have continued to prove that, double standard wrong and um yeah I, I hope that it you know slowly starts shifting the other way you know? mm-hmm. well and I, I think a lot of artists are starting to pave a path for a lot of conversations too um one thing I love about so you released two new songs recently that will be a part of this new album um Sweet Dream and Shapeshifter which I love both of them so much um and I, I love what you've done with them so the reason I say starting a conversation is because in Sweet Dream, the song revolves around about a problem that you specifically dealt with, which was anxiety and insomnia. So I'm interested to hear um, how did the journey start when it came about to writing both of the songs? Um, There's sort of, it's sort of like an interesting juxtaposition between the two, if you will. Um, So I guess, what started the process of writing Sweet Dream? Um, the process for Sweet Dream was um, an issue that I had been dealing with for a long time. Um, and it wasn't until um, going to therapy and understanding what was going on that I realized I was actually de- dealing with it for a lot longer than I, I knew I was, if that makes sense. Um, and, you know, I had been, you know, dealing with insomnia pretty much my whole life. Um, and just like mental health struggles throughout, you know, the course of the last 20 something years. And, um, I think in the last year it got to the point where it was so overwhelming that I couldn't escape it anymore. And I had to deal with it before I would just completely deteriorate. Like it was, it was very, very bad. And, um, you know, it it started, you know, this vicious cycle where, you know, my sleep was causing more anxiety, but then the anxiety was causing less sleep. And it was just like, this cycle that I could not get out of. And um, the song basically talks about that period of, you know, a good six months where I was dealing with this um, very difficult thing. Um, And it was like, it got to the point where I was like up for days and days on end, no sleep. Um, And that really affects you. So um, this song just came out of my complete frustration with myself and my own brain, um, you know, and and just questioning why this was happening to me, you know? Mm -hmm. I've been there 100%. I've been there with the insomnia. Um, Like during really stressful times in my life that started to hit um, where I just, I wasn't able to sleep. And it was just such a desperate feeling because you wanted the sleep, you needed the sleep, but your body just couldn't shut down for some reason. So I, I love the whole meaning behind the song. And I love that, you know, it sort of sparked this conversation surrounding anxiety. Um, and I love the music video too. I think it's so chaotic and colorful and it's just sort of like a window into your brain and I love it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So I also wanted to bring up, cause I was looking through the comments and something I loved is that I kept seeing a lot of people, you know, saying that Alessia understands the assignment. 
And I think I know what they were getting at because <laughs> if you watch, if you watch the music video for, um, if you watch the music video for Shapeshifter, there's, like I said, the juxtaposition, I don't want to spoil it, but now I feel like the music video is out there. So if people haven't listened to it yet, like they better, um, the ending of Shapeshifter, you sort of, you know, draw a parallel to what you were talking about in Sweet Dream and you sort of get to that, I guess you could say happy ending um, where you find peace with the your past and those problems that you were dealing with, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think tying those two songs together was important for, for you know, um, just for people to get an, a better understanding of the whole project and the fact that duality is such a, a present theme um, in the project. Um, and, you know, I feel like as people, we're so versatile and there's duality in all of us, you know, and we're, we're multiple things at the same time. And so I think for these two visuals, because it's the first thing that people were going to hear, I wanted to tie them together, to tie the story together, you know, and the, the larger picture together. Um, so I thought, you know, doing it in that way where, you know, you see a little bit of the Sweet Dream video at the end of Shapeshifter and having them kind of tie in together and having Shapeshifter be sort of like the dream that I finally ended up having was uh, my way of um, getting people used to the the palette of, of this duality that I'm going to be displaying throughout the rest of the project. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I love it because in tying back to what we talked about earlier, I think like I said, a lot of your music, there's true authenticity there and your music has a message. And I think the music videos to see the visuals behind the lyrics too. I mean, that was incredible. And I, I'm excited to see you know, what the rest of the album will entail. Um, another thing I wanted to bring up is that if I read correctly, you wrote all the songs again for this album, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I, I love that. Um, I guess not every artist has to do it, right? But I think it's amazing, um, you know, to see that this is 100% like your written work. Uh, why is that so important to you? Because, you know, you wrote your last album on your own as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, I mean, even before getting into the industry, I always assumed that um, that's how songs came about. I just assumed that everybody wrote their own music. Um, and so, you know, from a young age, I always just wanted to do it. It was a dream of mine to be able to write my own music and be a songwriter as much as it was to be an artist. Cause I didn't know any better. I didn't know that that, um, was like, could not be an option. Right. But, um, just through that, like, I, I just grew to love it so much. And so now that I'm old enough um, and have, a, like, a, an understanding of who I am and what I want to say, I just feel like my words should always be my own. And I want my fans to know, my listeners to know that everything they're hearing from me is is mine. You know, it's me directly to them. Um, and I also just, you know, because I'm such a shy writer, um, I, I just tend to be able to tap in deeper when it's just me, you know, rather than having to tell a stranger or another person the depths of my thoughts and feelings, you know, it's, it's just a lot easier for me to be honest when it's just me. So it's just a method that I found to work for me um, that I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I always love when we have authors on the podcast, you know, sort of hearing how they go about writing a book. Um, But with music, I'm interested to hear how that comes about. Um, Does the inspiration strike randomly? Do you sort of devote a day or a time to just sitting down and and writing? Um, I'm I'm interested to hear your method. What works for you? Yeah, um, it's 
Interesting because I I actually don't um, write as frequently as a lot of writers do. Um, I, I know like most writers that I know like write songs constantly, like every day. But we write multiple songs a day all the time. And I think it's because, you know, they're they're strengthening that, that muscle and that skill, which is so important. And I wish I could do that. But for me, like, I only write when I feel called to. Um, and because of that, I don't have very many songs that haven't been out. I think for this album, it's probably the most songs I've, I've written for a project, and which is a lot to me, but I know artists who've written like hundreds for a project. So um, I don't write as, as often as you think, but um, I just, it, my process is just always like, when I feel called to, or when I have an idea that feels worth pursuing, um, and just yeah, I don't know why that works for me, but it, it just does. I, I can't I can't write every single day. It just I feel like it would get old for me, you know. And I'm not I'm not that smart. Or I can come up with something fresh and new every day. <laughs> well, it's I feel like it's probably a really intimate process, right? And it takes a lot of time. And if you're putting the work into it, it takes a lot of time. Um, which, you know, you do, you write amazing music and yeah, I I could imagine it must be, you know, tricky when the inspiration doesn't strike and it's probably just sort of waiting, (laughs) waiting for it to hit. Um, but yeah, I love that. I read that, um, you know, you had, you know, written all this yourself for this album. I think that's wonderful. And I, I love seeing more and more artists do that. You know, we had an artist on a couple months back and she said she had never, she released a whole new album and I think it was her third or fourth album and she wrote songs for the first time and she was so proud of it. And I, I, I think that's amazing. The growth, like just, you know, to have an idea and to see it through and to put it out there for the world to hear. I think that's wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree. I always would encourage that for, you know, people that are interested in being musicians. Of course, if, if they have the interest to song, right, I would always push them to do it. There's more gratifying than, you know, having nothing and then having something that you created, you know, and having your feelings out on paper um, and be able to share them. And I, I think it's so empowering and it, it, there's no better feeling to me, you know, than, than having, starting with nothing and creating something. So I, I would always, always encourage anyone maybe in just trying, you know, to write because um, it, it's a really great feeling. Mm-hmm. Well, another really cool thing about this album um, that when you were working on Shapeshifter, you wrote the song in Salam Remy's Miami home, which for if a lot of people don't know, and I am a big Amy Winehouse fan, so I, I loved this fact about the album. Um, that's where Amy Winehouse worked on Back to Black. And I know that you're a fan of hers. Um, I Like I said, I'm a big fan. Why, as a writer working on this song, um, why was that so important for you to be in that place? Or was it special for you to be in that place working, um, I guess, sort of where, if you want to say Idol or someone you really look up to in the industry, had created such a masterpiece as well? Mm -hmm. Um, Interestingly enough, it it wasn't even intentional to, to go there. I only... Um, realized that that had written everything after I arrived there. Um, I just always wanted to work with Salam because I, you know, I love Amy and I love all his work with Jasmine Sullivan and Miguel and, you know, so many, Jay Colvin. Um, so I just was a huge fan of his. And, I, you know, he said, you know, come over to my house in Miami. And I was like, sure. Just thought it was going to be a small little home studio, much of it. And then he starts, you know, showing me around and, and, telling me all these stories about this is where Amy did this. And, and I was like, like what? I, I had no 
ideas at that um, where she had written all her music and it felt so full circle and it just wasn't it wasn't lost on me like where I was and how lucky I was to be there you know she's such an idol of mine and you could so feel like her energy and um you know well that was another thing I was going to bring up I guess you know given your background were there any artists that you had really looked up to in the industry maybe when you were stepping in or you know artists right now um you know that really inspire you yeah I mean I love a lot of like, you know, just honest, vulnerable women. I love when women can open up um, and, and just be like totally raw, even if uncomfortable, like Stevie Nicks and Erica Badu, Lauren Hill, um, Carol King, um, and just, yeah, artists like that. I, I've really been into like old 70s bands also, like the Zombies and the Turtles and Beatles and um, watching a lot of Paul McCartney interviews and his process. Um, I just I just love honest songwriting and um so that's kind of what I've been into lately Mm -hmm. yeah I I think it's so interesting to see the more and more people stepping into the music industry right now because you know we've had this conversation in the past too um on the podcast with just social media the way it is and the internet the way it is I mean of course there's a lot of negatives but I think one of the positives is that we're able to reach so many people and when it comes to artistry and really getting your name and your work out there I think it's a lot easier these days to you know I mean you could upload a song on YouTube or SoundCloud and you know that's how I mean that's how a lot of it worked for you so I think it's really interesting and I'm excited to see you know there have been so many great artists I mean we've talked about Olivia Rodrigo on here and you know just so many young artists stepping up and it's it's interesting and exciting to see how that's going to sort of shape the industry Um, and that's I guess another question I wanted to ask you is that I was looking at Spotify this morning because I wanted like the most up-to-date statistic I could, I could provide. Um, and Scars to Your Beautiful has over 919 million listens on Spotify, which I mean, I think that's mind-blowing and I, it's not even my song. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> I guess with this whole new album coming out, I guess my question is with so many people listening to your music and I mean hopefully you know being inspired by it and having an impact from it I guess what is your hope for this album um man I mean I I always I think my biggest dream of all is to have music that outlives me and um and like all of us you know music that can live after I'm here um has always been just really, really important to me, you know, because I think, you know, writing songs for the times is also wonderful and um, great. But but I, I think that music that can outlive you is really, really purposeful. And that's that's kind of the point of, I think, artists. It's, it's um, like transcending time, you know, and it's, um, what's the word I'm, I'm looking for? Like preserving you and your, your story on earth, you know? Um, so if, if my music can affect people even long after I'm gone, that would be the, the biggest dream, you know, in whatever way that is, um, that's kind of the, the only goal. I've never been interested in like, you know, fast, quick hits. I don't really care for hits. I just, you know, if someone, even one person is listening to me like 50 years from now, I'd be like, that's amazing, you know? So that's, yeah, that's pretty much the goal for me. 
Well, I, I love hearing that. And especially because a couple of the artists you just mentioned before, you know, are, are artists who are no longer with us. So um, I think that's wonderful. And also sort of what you were saying, I think what's really important to remember nowadays, especially, and you know, if there's any young artists who are listening, I would say, and this transcends so many different professions as well, but success and virality are very different from one another. And I think you don't, I think right now there's so much emphasis on virality and, you know, how many views can this get on TikTok? And, you know, how many streams can this get? And what's marketable? Um, but, you know, some of the best songs and some of the best artists on the planet, like had to really hit rock bottom before, you know, they had their big hits. And I think, you know, like you said, music, good music is that music that's timeless. And that's really important to remember, um, to create something that's lasting, not something that's popular for the moment that we're in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think that was such an amazing point of like virality versus success. I think people get those mixed up all the time, you know, especially now where again, like you're just made to feel so disposable and like time, it moves so fast and like, you know, rollouts for albums or like on to the next thing. And, you know, people don't know how to digest things anymore because there's no time to digest, you know? So it's like, if it's not immediate, we don't care about it. But um, I've never believed in that. You know, I, I mean, the artists that I've listened to were not easily digestible, you know, like even if you look at the reviews for Continuum, um, John Mayer is like now most famous, most, you know, loved and adored album. Like they were not in reviews. People didn't get it. People didn't get the Beatles. They didn't get Queen. They didn't get you know, a lot of people and now they do. And now they go down as legends. Unfortunately, a lot of the time after they've passed on or after, you know, the time has passed. But I think that's so much better than, you know, shooting up to the top and falling. I think a slow build and a foundation is what's important. And I know that I'm doing that. You know, I may not be on the, the charts anymore like I used to be or as, as you know, I'm not churning out as much I used to be, but um, I, I know what I'm building for myself. And I know that my music has substance and um, that's all that matters to me, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, like I had mentioned earlier, music with a message, I think is what's most important. And for me, at least, that's what, you know, really resonates strongly with me. And like I had mentioned, not only are the lyrics to both Shapeshifter and Sweet Dream absolutely beautiful, but I already love the intention that's been put in this album, just seeing, you know, the polarity between the two. Um, I, I think it's really great. And just you've released the music videos. I, like I said, I absolutely love them. It, it's so exciting. I'm really excited to see what, you know, this new album is going to hold. Um, but yeah, I think there's so much intention in your music. And, you know, like we said before, I think it's it's that. It's that care and precision that goes into it that really helps an artist and their work, you know, stand out from the big mix of virality and, and, and what's, you know, the talk of the table right now. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that's really, really sweet. I, I appreciate you saying that. I hope you like the rest of it. Um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to like making more visuals and just creating like a whole world that people hopefully like. Um, but thank you for, for saying that. I appreciate it. Of course. So and then that brings me to, I guess, other than the album, you know, is there anything else you're working on now that you're able to share um, anything new and exciting that, you know, we can be expecting down the road? 
Um, good question. Um, I don't know. I, I'd love to do some more like acting stuff or, you know, things outside of music that I've been interested in for a while. Um, yeah. So who knows? Like nothing in the works yet. I'd love to just try um, learning different things. Um, also like production. I've been getting into like, you know, producing songs and, and you know, bettering my skills and instruments and stuff. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I just want to like try everything. I want to do everything once, you know, and just see see what happens. Um, I'm not I'm not interested in just staying in one in lane. I'm too sporadic to to do that. So I would love to just see what happens. For sure, I love that. That's so great to hear. I think if if you want to wear all the hats, wear them. I tell people like if there's something that you're really passionate about that you want to try, like try it out. The worst thing that can happen is like okay maybe it wasn't the best fit, but at least like you can't even say it was a waste of time because you tried it and now you know it's not for you, but you might really love it. Exactly. Exactly. I always, you know, especially now, like you have access to so much, like that's gotta be for a reason. Why would you waste it on just sticking to one thing because you feel like you have to like do try as much as you can, you know, only here for a little bit. So um, especially after the year we had, I'm, I'm down to just try stuff, you know? take a chance mm-hmm. and try. Exactly. I think that's the one thing that I keep hearing a lot of people say like this year, you know, we're seeing a lot of people change professions. Um, a lot of people are moving, you know, we're seeing big changes happen. And I think that's a really good thing. Cause you know, we lost a lot, not only, you know, I mean, so many things have been lost over the past year, but I think one thing has been time and maybe just, you know, extra baggage that we really had to get rid of. So I love, I love hearing people say they want to change things up and, you know, switch jobs or switch locations or, I don't know, I'm happy to see it. And I I can't wait to see what else is to come. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. It's, it's such a good thing just to like sit with yourself and have the time to be like, okay, what do I want for my life? Because we live in such a fast paced world that a lot of us just like push our feelings down and get through it. But I think this year, like this sudden halt really like gave us some real perspective on like, okay, tomorrow definitely is not promised. It can happen to you. And what am I doing, you know, with my life? So I'm glad that, um, you know, people are taking something good out of it. For sure. Well, like I said, I'm really excited to see, you know, what all is to come with you. Um, I, one thing I always love to ask though, before we go, so with this being handling it, has there been a piece of advice or a lesson that you've learned that's really helped you handle your life? Um, a few different things. I think it's been a bunch of stuff that I've had to collectively do every day. Um, I think handling life for me specifically is, is a battle, is a, is a challenge every day. <laughs> um, but I think for me, it comes with um, balance um, because I tend to be an extremist um, on all ends. I think, you know, when my job starts, it's to the extreme. When I overthink, it's to the extreme. When I'm in a downward spiral, it's extreme. So I think just balancing and knowing that, you know, not every little slip up has to be a spiral. You know, it can just, I can stop it in its tracks. I can, I can feel my feelings without judgment. Um, and I can like control, you know, how far deep I go. Um, even though it feels like it's totally out of my control, it's actually a lot more in our control, I think, you know, balancing life and understanding our emotions. So um, it's, it's definitely a lot of work, but I, I would say balance is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Especially as we get back out there and, 
you know, everything's opening up a little bit and life is getting back to the the same old busyness that we were used to before. I think that's really important to remember to just balance it all. Um, and it's hard to do it. Like you said, it's really hard. Um, and I always say there's no right or wrong way to handle your life. You just have to find what works for you. And I think trying to balance it is, is really good. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's challenging. It's like, don't judge your feelings, you know, or your decisions. Just, just do it as you go. No one knows what we're doing. Like who does? Nobody knows. And there's no way to do it. Like you said, so just deal with it, how you, how, whatever, whatever way feels best. Mm -hmm. Well, I love that. And thank you so much again for taking the time to chat. Um, I'm excited to see all this new music to come and uh, excited to see what other new projects you dive into as well. So thank you again. Thank you so much. I I appreciate it. Thanks for having me and and talking to me. This was an awesome conversation. So very excited for people to see it. All right. Well, everybody, I hope you loved hearing from Alessia as much as I did. She is such an inspirational individual in so many ways, and I am just so happy that she's releasing this new album in the meantime. If you'd like to learn more about the album, check out the episode description below. There you'll find links to where you can pre-order the album and check out the music videos to Shapeshifter and Sweet Dream, which, once again, they are so incredible and beautifully done. You'll also find Alessia's social media handles there so you can follow along with all of the wonderful things she continues to do. Thank you to Alessia so much for coming on and thank you listeners so much for tuning in. As always, let me know what you thought of our episode. You can reach us on Instagram at Handling It Podcast and feel free to send us a message and let us hear your thoughts and suggestions. I'll see you next week with a brand new episode, but until then... Keep staying safe with everything going on in the world right now and keep handling it. I'll talk to you soon.